Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Podcast. My name's Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians, to building a cohesive brand, to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight-inclusive business. The good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we are on a mission to bring business education to other weight-inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive into today's episode. Happy Monday, Weight Inclusive Innovators. Today, we're going to be chatting about one of our favorite personality tests, the Enneagram. We're diving into what our numbers are, how it influences entrepreneurship, and more. And what better way to kick off an Enneagram episode than Morgan and I booking a trip to Mexico City to work on the business, which is such a classic move for our Enneagram type. Super excited. We're going this summer. But before we dive into today's episode, let's check in with Morgan. Morgan, what were your business highs and lows this week? I'm going to start with my low because booking our trip just cured that. (laughs) Y'all, we literally just booked our Mexico City trip right before we hit record. So let's fucking go. We're going to Mexico City to work on the business. (laughs) This week, I have been antsy all week, just like needing to switch things up, do something different, get out, which of course puts my brain in just like a chaotic mode. Hannah knows this because she's been on the receiving end of my daily text messages talking about how antsy I am and how much I wanted to go to Mexico City. So here we are. Definitely felt like I was in the weeds of business stuff this week, uh, which is yeah, really left me feeling like I wanted to escape, kind of hit the reset button. This happens not going to lie frequently. Uh, but yeah, now that doesn't have to be a low anymore because we're going to Mexico City to work on work on our businesses. We uh, were just showing that we both have poster boards hanging up in our wall with sticky notes all over them. So we're just going to roll those on up, throw them in our suitcase, bring them with us. Uh, and there will be a podcast episode recorded in Mexico City. So Absolutely, be on the lookout for there that. Will. And then my high this week is uh, if you've been listening to a few episodes, you know I'm doing some marketing work with a tech startup called Superbill. And the too long don't read version of this is TLDR. Me and our provider outreach specialist are going to Austin and we're hosting two meetups. So if you're in Austin... I'm so excited. It's our first official trip as our within our roles for Superbill. A little bit of a longer version is we're actually co-hosting these events with Aaron Kowalski, who is the director of business development for Within Health, which is a new virtual eating disorder treatment center. And Aaron and I used to work together. So she used to live in Florida while I was in Texas. We met at our company's like annual meeting before COVID and her and I teamed up to do a team building exercise where one of us was blindfolded and the other person had to verbally talk you through where to pick up Nerf balls and like throw them at people to get people out. And so that was like the first time that we had ever really met and hung out. And so now we both work for different companies now, uh, but we're both going to get to be in Austin and co-host these together. So I am beyond excited for that. Side note, that team building activity sounds fucking fun. Like I'm going to use that. 
it was so fun. And it was in uh, in California. It was gorgeous weather outside. We're all in business casual running around trying to like pick up these Nerf balls. It was a blast. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I can just envision the chaos and the fun and the laughter that comes with that. So oh, how full circle is this? Like coming back together, hosting events, post-pandemic, that's going to be awesome. So yeah, if you're in Austin, definitely go to the events. Um, are they flying you out or are you having to drive? What's the sitch there? Yeah, so uh, Hannah, the other Hannah in my life, and I are both in Houston. It's about a two and a half hour drive. So we're just going to drive out there and stay for a few days. Yeah, yep. Fun. So fun. What about you? What were your highs and lows of the week? Yeah. 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 So I'll start with my low as well, which feels ironic because if you're listening to this and you listen every week, last week we recorded an episode on insurance and all the things, all of my thoughts about it and where to get started. (laughs) Insurance keeps cutting our rates. And I'm just, I don't know. I'm going to dig into the back end of things because it, it just seems like, how can they do that? Like people have businesses where they depend on getting paid a certain rate for it to be sustainable and to see it keep dropping. It's like, at what point is it going to stop? Um, so, Wait, yeah. don't you like have a contract with them where they shouldn't be able to do that? Um, yes. My biller is looking into those things for us. So, um, but I've also heard that in many contracts, it says at any time rates can change. So how annoying. Yeah. It's really frustrating. And it, it just reiterates. I understand when people don't want to deal with it because of this shit. And I'm going to go at, go to bat with them. So, um, yeah, I hope that stops being my low. I hope it all gets sorted. People need care. People need access to care. And I want to keep doing that for as long as we can, but if we're not getting paid a fair amount, we cannot sustain that. So, yeah. That is that. Um, I'm also feeling very scattered. So I am starting a new medication for ADHD because the one that I was taking, it was great. And then it was with withering down. And so I'm just like, okay, I want to try something different. Um, so that change has been interesting. And um, yeah, just med changes are always fun to navigate. So that's also kind of a low well, I guess the new med could be a high because it is helping me focus, but the low is being scattered and then getting overwhelmed because I'm so behind on all the things I'm doing. Yeah. That I, yeah. Like what's the, what's the phrase? Like a double edged sword. sword. Yeah. Is that it? Is yeah. that kind of, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. It's like a yay, but it's also like, a, ugh, like it's, I don't know. You know, we're not good at metaphors and, uh, <laughs> isms around here. Jesus. I know. I feel like every time we say something, we're like, is that right? Was that, is that height? Is that the right phrase? Yes. Somebody anyway. fact check us. Um, Gosh, we need it. Yes. But my high of the week is I am heading to my first camping trip of the season. I am curious how cold it's going to be, but it's fine. I got a thick ass sleeping bag. So heading after this recording to the mountains, I'm going to camp, um, in a tent tonight. And then tomorrow we're going to a cabin and going to the hot springs. So if you're ever in Colorado or somewhere where there's camping in hot springs, it's like a very inexpensive weekend trip. Um, I think total, it'll be under 150 bucks. And so that's including like food, hot springs, the cabin rental. So just a tip, if you need to get the hell out of your city, highly recommend a hot springs camping trip. 
pinning that in my mind and I will definitely be coming up and we can go on another trip together. Oh my gosh. Yes. Please come out to Denver. We can bring our podcasting recording here. <laughs> I was just from a that. tent. <laughs> it's going to be our new thing going to different places where we can like record a podcast. Let's go to Paris and record it on top of the Eiffel tower. Oh, sign me up. I'm ready. Okay. But then I have to have my cigarette on a patio in Paris. That's one of my goals. <laughs> so yes, we'll be crossing shit off in that city, but yeah. Oh, I'm excited about so that. I can't good. wait to run away. Can't wait That's to run away. So nice. And yeah. you're bringing one of my favorite business books with you. I am. So if you checked out a couple weeks ago at this point, the newsletter, I wrote that I finally started a book that I bought in August last year that Morgan highly recommends for business. Definitely considering doing like a book club or something around it because so many people in our space need to read it. It's called Traction and it's talking about systems in your business. And when you grow to a certain point, or even if you just want to have things in place that help your life be easier, so you're not doing the same thing over and over when it could be more efficient, definitely check that book out. It's my um, book I like to read while I read the Peloton for a little bit in the morning and it's nice. So I'm going to bring it camping with me. Care for it would also be totally game to do that as a book club book for the we fam. Honestly, I feel like business books I could read over and over because there's so much detail in it. It's like each time I get something different. So well, you're also usually in a different stage of business each time you read it. So your focus is on different things too. That's a really good point. I haven't read it all the way yet. So I am curious to see and reflect on how I might've viewed the book a while ago versus now versus in the future. But yeah, let us know if y'all have an interest in doing like a book club around that. We would love that. You ready to dive into today's episode? Let's do it. So as we alluded to in the beginning, and also if you've been listening to the pod for a while, we love the Enneagram around here. It's very validating. It's very spot on and accurate in my opinion. And so today we wanted to do an episode talking about Enneagram generally. And then Morgan and I happen to be the same number. Morgan, what is our number? The seven. Yes. So we are both Enneagram sevens and we're going to dive into how that comes up in our entrepreneurship, the good and the hard. And we'll go from there. So the Enneagram is made up of nine different types, one through nine. And I would say it's not necessarily like a personality test. It kind of is, but it kind of isn't because the Enneagram is your core self. I like to call it a self-compassion tool because I like that mm -hmm, because it shows you a lot and reflects a lot of good and hard things back to you. And I feel like the information gathered from the Enneagram should be used as a understanding of yourself and gentle feedback, not a way to beat yourself up or say, I suck at this because I'm this number. Like that's not the point of it. And a lot of it, I like that you say it's not exactly a personality test because I agree with that. A lot of it is based on your childhood and your childhood wounds and how you interacted with caregivers, which I think is interesting. And all of us being in the mental health space, we know how that influences us. Yeah. And so I feel like there's so many different ways that we could 
take this that you know there's like the the head the heart and the and the body like triads um there's yeah there's much there's many different types so we'll just go ahead and do a rundown um i'm going to pull up the enneagram institute types that way we have the specific names for all of them i definitely don't have all the names memorized i don't know if you do you love the enneagram listen anytime i'm in a group of people I end up talking about the Enneagram and then doing like a workshop in that moment about Enneagram. So I guess to start off, if you don't know your Enneagram, if this is your first exposure to it, we will link in the show notes, a link to be able to take the Enneagram. There's a paid test and a free test. I did the free one and I was like, oh God, that's me. So it really just depends on how much you resonate or like sometimes two numbers can seem similar and then people want to do a more intensive test to see which they resonate with more. Um, So first thing first, take the test. There's a 15 minute one. Hopefully it gives you a little inkling around your number. Um, And then we can go through each of the numbers. Yeah. And so also with that, there's a free one, there's a paid one. There's also the book called The Road Back to You. So if you want to just read it to further validate that you're that number, there are some mistypes where you could definitely get it confused if you're not fully in tune with you and your patterns and behaviors and responses to things. The other thing to note is that there are also something called wings, which means that you might, so like we're both sevens Mm -hmm. and as a seven, we can either have a six wing or an eight wing. So it's always the numbers that are on either side of what your type is. Uh, Hannah is a seven wing six. I'm a seven wing eight. And it just means that even though it's like the seven is our core number, in certain instances, we do gravitate towards those two wings. And so I know sometimes people will take the free one and it usually gives you like your top three and they assume that that's their number and their two wings. Just a reminder, if you take the free one and it gives you three options, just read into those three. That's going to be your, to figure out whichever one is your like strongest one. I like that you brought that up. You can have a stronger wing too. So like, let's say I'm a seven wing six, but I can still go to a seven wing eight in times. Everybody has a little bit of every number in them. There's just different personality traits or different parts that really stick out more, which is what leads you to your main number. I am doing so many business things that I tend to lean towards the eight wing specifically with business, but with friendships, I definitely go more towards the sixth wing, but I'm doing so many things with business that I feel like I'm just like constantly pulled towards the eight wing. Well, you know, the seven wing eight is the ultimate entrepreneur, right? (gasps) No. Yeah, you are the (laughs) ultimate entrepreneur. As a words of affirmation gal, like, love that. (laughs) Anyhow, all that to say, do you want to go through our numbers for us, Hannah? Yep. We can do it. Let's start with the one. So number one is either whatever makes more sense to you, the reformer or the perfectionist. This type is very driven by morals and the greater good. We see a lot of black and white thinking here. We see a lot of um, social justice folks here, people that want to do what's quote unquote right. Also, before we go any deeper too, any Enneagram number can be an excellent leader business person, whatever you want. There's, you know, we joke earlier that the seven wing eight is the ultimate entrepreneur and a one wing two could be an entrepreneur. 
a nine wing one. Like there's so many, there's so much room for every number to have different strengths. And even in this example of the one, like we can see people who are driven by morals and what's right and having some tendencies that could be really helpful in business. I feel like one's cross T's and dot I's and that's really cool. So yes, we love ones. We love all the numbers and you can be an entrepreneur with any of them. Number two. Number two is the helper. And this type is usually likes to put other people before themselves. Mm -hmm. Just going to throw this out there. Majority of the therapist friends in my life are Enneagram twos. Yes. Everybody is an Enneagram two. Clinicians, there's, I would love to see the statistics, but every, every business coaching client I work with that I know they're Enneagram, it's all twos. It's all twos. Yeah. And so the twos are just like, they're empathetic. They're sincere. They have good hearts. They are usually pretty self-sacrificing, just like really calm, solid, caring people. And I think what twos really have to be mindful of is overextending themselves for other people and the resentment that can come with that. I think that's a big thing in business and leadership with Enneagram twos is they care so much and they want everyone to feel good. And sometimes it's crossing their own boundaries and struggling with that. So, all right. So number three is the achiever. We also see a lot of clinicians who are threes. So we can see like two wing threes. We can see three wing twos. We can see threes with balance wings. These are the people that get shit done. And really work hard. They love their morning routines. They love just getting as many things checked off their to-do list as possible. And they have a lot of identity in being a hard worker. Most clinicians that I've worked with who also hold like a leadership type role are usually like three wing twos. Yep. Very much. Yeah. Very driven. I would say one thing that might get in the way is they are pretty focus on how other people perceive them. Mm-hmm. And so that could definitely get in the way of running their business, getting competitive with their business, things like that. Yeah. And they're also at risk for overworking and burnout and running themselves into the ground. So an Enneagram four is the individualist. These people are pretty sensitive, creative, artistic, very self-aware um, usually tend to have some stronger emotions and stronger feelings. And they tend to do really well with creative endeavors like Instagram, marketing, um, creating courses, things like that. So we love to see fours in the business space. What would you say is a downfall for them? Who I would say maybe getting too hard on themselves if something doesn't go mm. super well, just falling into kind of feeling bad for themselves. Um, yeah. yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I could also see, um, decisions being driven by emotion versus objectivity being something to look out for. Absolutely. So number five is the observer or the investigator. These are people who love to collect knowledge and love to learn about things and take courses and be an expert in knowing facts and information. They tend to be a little bit introverted. And Mm -hmm. what would you add to that? I would say I always associate these people with just being like nerdy curious, if I could summarize it. 
I think part of this, it they tend to isolate more than mm-hmm. normal, um, which I guess kind of goes along with being an introvert. Um, but just something to look out for. I know one piece with running weight inclusive businesses is that it's really great to have a community and rely on each other. And so just being mindful that you're not isolating yourself, especially because we do have to collaborate so often. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a very protective things for fives of like, I'm independent. I always have been, I need to do this on my own. Mm -hmm. The other thing with fives is because they love to collect information. They are so in their heads at times. And so it, sometimes it can be hard for them to take action because they're just like beating every option into pulp in their brain. Or they're just absorbing so much information and then not doing anything with it. So Enneagram fives, if you are out there watching all of the courses and things all the time, instead of working on your business, that's just something to be curious about. Enneagram sixes are the loyalist. These people are very security oriented. They like stability. They're hardworking. They're responsible. I feel like I'm going to pass it over to you as the stronger wing six. You probably have a better understanding of this. Okay. <laughs> my six wing is a double-edged sword for me because my six wing is the thing that drives me as far as like wanting to provide for my team, wanting to support them. It's like the loyal piece of like, if something happens to you, I'm like ripping somebody's head off. Very protective. Very like, if you're in my circle, you're in my circle. And like, I take no shit. Um, The other piece is sixes are very cynical. (laughs) So uh, we can be, whether you have a wing or you're fully a six, sixes can kind of have like self-limiting beliefs and doubts or like, you know, when I'm thinking about insurance or talking about insurance, my brain might take it to like, oh my God, all the panels are just going to drop us. And then we're not going to have any contracts and like spiral, spiral, spiral. So really got to contain the problematic thinking that can come with being a six and self-limiting beliefs. Um, But otherwise I think sixes are amazing leaders. We truly care about people and we also are driven by social justice and what's right, kind of similarly to the one, but it really is about our core folks around us. So we're a little biased, but the next Enneagram is seven and we love it. Like we mentioned, Morgan's a seven wing eight and I am a seven wing six and we are the enthusiasts and it is so true. (laughs) I remember when I found out my number, I was like, oh, not everybody's like this. Not everybody's like hype and excited and optimistic and weird and silly. Um, But we make awesome entrepreneurs and we're going to dive into sevens more in depth because that is our experience. So Anything we want to say at this point as we're going through all the numbers about sevens? No, I think being called the enthusiast is summary enough. Self-explanatory. Yes. Eight is the challenger. These, I would say, is this is probably the strongest type. Like in terms of like personality-wise, they are the ones that are like not afraid to speak up, be assertive, say what's on their minds confrontational, which is hilarious that this is my wing. We've had an episode about confrontation. I think it was in the boundaries episode. And so it's, it's very interesting to hold space for that. Um, but these people are self-confident, sure of themselves, or they're at least faking it till they make it. Dude, I love eights. I always have a good time with them because I love directness and I love <laughs> when people just say it, how it is while being kind, but they're kind of no bullshit fighting for the underdog, 
very passionate. So I always have a good time with eights. Yeah. I would say the one thing to look out for if you are an eight in terms of running a business is just keeping a pulse on your self-confidence and also keeping a pulse on your temper as you respond to things. Sometimes passion can be mistaken for anger. Those are really good points. And the last one is the Enneagram nine, which is the peacekeeper. Love an Enneagram nine. My best friend is an Enneagram nine. And I feel like a lot of clinicians are Enneagram nines too. They're natural counselors. They really care about regulation and mood and woo woo. And yeah, really cool people. Very grounded when they're in a good place. I was going to say the same thing. I know quite a few clinicians who are also nines. Um, I feel like this is a potential mistype with a two as well, just kind of with this like easygoing, agreeable type personality uh, that nines have as well. And Enneagram nines are really creative. They're really good business owners. They are conscientious. They really care about people. I think one thing that they often need to look out for, and this is very personality, different nines, you know, we're, we're doing tip of the iceberg stuff here, but a lot of them can feel low energy and like they don't get things done in the timeliness that they want to. I think they have a hard time being assertive as well, part of keeping the peace. And so it can be hard to have big conversations for them, which we often have to do in our businesses. Yes. So that is a summary of the different Enneagrams. Like Hannah mentioned, tip of the iceberg. There is so much to go into each number. You know, you have, we talked about wings a little bit. You also have two numbers that you naturally gravitate towards. Once you know what your core number is, they're like predetermined numbers that you gravitate towards in times of stress and success or stress and growth. I like to say stress and success because I love alliterations, but uh, yeah. So, and also going to plug Hannah here real quick. Hannah has a freebie about how you show up in leadership based on your Enneagram type. And so definitely check out that it's on valuesdrivengroup.com and you'll get to read a little bit more about your Enneagram as a leader. Yes. And I give you all the steps on like how to take the test. I go over wings a little bit. I go over like the, the circular diagram and we will link it in the show notes for ease as well and include it in our newsletter. So yes, let us know when you take the test, what you get, what your thoughts are on our reflections for the number. If, if you're like, I'm a one and you blew it, let us know. We want to hear it. Um, or if we nailed it. One thing I have been told, and I don't know if you've been told this too, is as a seven, I shouldn't quote unquote diagnose people with their Enneagram. (laughs) Uh, whatever. Yes. Whatever. Right. (laughs) I think sevens just love being sevens so much. We think we're the best number. There's not a best number folks, but I feel like when we describe ourselves to give examples of the Enneagram, everyone's like, I think I'm a seven. And I'm like, are you? And they're usually not because (laughs) being a seven, it's just so fun and free. There's a lot of hard parts too, which we'll talk about, but people, we like being sevens. So as we shift this conversation into mainly talking about being sevens and our experiences as sevens and entrepreneurs, before we get into all of the positives and the challenges, if you had to summarize your Enneagram seven self into three words, what would they be? Well, the first thing is I don't like being limited as an Enneagram seven to choices. So picking three was hard. 
<laughs> but my three words would be visionary, adventurous, and high energy to a fault to where I burn myself out. Mm. What about you? Yeah. I would say my top would be optimistic. I am a glass half full gal through and through. Spontaneous, as evidenced by us booking Mexico trip right before this after talking about it for like two or three days. And then I'm going to throw in a third one, but this is evident of whenever sevens are stressed, they go towards an Enneagram one. And that word is going to be nitpicky. And I threw it in here because that is the most helpful characteristic that whenever I notice myself like being nitpicky in different aspects of my life, it's a trigger in my brain to be like, Morgan, you need to pause and figure out what is stressing you out to be able to work through whatever. So I'm, I, it's a very helpful thing, but nitpicky. 100%. I always think about when I go to a one, it's very rigid and I see that show up in my business and sometimes I need to. So yes, in times of stress, sevens go to a one and they take on those personality traits. When sevens are leaning towards success, they go to a five, which is the observer slash investigator where they become very grounded and very heady around like, what is the meaning of life? And like, just thinking a lot and being present. So (laughs) I often find myself going to a one and I get rigid in my business where I'm, that's when I'm like crunching numbers to give myself less anxiety. Um, I'm making spreadsheets. I'm, I'm a little irritable at that point too, when I'm, when I'm rigid and I'm in my one shit, which is what I always say. I'm in my one shit. Yeah. It just stress does that to us. It's like, we have to recalibrate and like overcompensate for the lacks that's been going on. So we really wanted to not get too complex with this episode. Uh, We've talked about being Enneagram sevens, probably on every single episode we've recorded so far. We're going to be honest. I don't think I've ever not said that I'm an Enneagram seven any day in my life. Now that I think about it ever since I learned about it, there's always something that comes up where I'm talking about it, but carry on. We really do. I hearing that out loud. We were, we were talking about this before we started hitting record. And one of them was like, you may have narcissistic tendencies. And I was like, I think that shows up in like loving being a seven so much and talking about it all the time. Not like yep. true narcissism, but yes. Anyway, yeah. there's a certain so, level of pride, certain pride. Pride's a good word for that. And so we really just wanted to break this up of the positives of being a seven and an entrepreneur and the challenges of being a seven and an entrepreneur. So we'll go ahead and start it off with the positives that have come up for us. And the first one for me in all caps is energy. The amount of energy that we have in life is tenfold. Yes. The energy we have and then the energy we bring. I know when I give talks or if I'm in a a crowd or a room with people, like we are the ones bringing energy out of others too. And really moving through the world, inspiring and just, yeah, we can be a lot with our energy. Yeah. And that's where, when we're not in a good place, when we go to a one, Usually our energy is depleted because we've been a bit manic from go, 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 go with our energy. Another incredible thing about being a seven and an entrepreneur is that we are full of business ideas all the time. All of them. Anytime someone made it, makes a solution for something, I'm like, have you thought about turning that into a business? <laughs> have you thought about making money from that? Because that sounds like 
like a really good idea. So you not just the- business ideas for us, but like business ideas for everyone. <laughs> Do you remember the last example of that that happened in your life? Oh gosh. Um, yeah. One of my friends made a really awesome spreadsheet and I was like, how can we make you a website so you can sell this? <laughs> I swear to God, every day I'm like, that'd be a good business idea. That'd be a good business idea. The last thing for me, it's not quite a business idea, but I was in a meeting this morning talking with another entrepreneur friend who um, rents out her car on Turo. Yeah. It's like an Airbnb for cars. And then I was like, oh, I should do that. And then I was like, okay, I have an extra bedroom at my condo. Should I rent that out like once a month for the weekend and me go like sleep in my office or like stay somewhere else and just make a little bit of extra cash? Like we're just always (laughs) thinking about business and entrepreneurship and money. And it's just, and I would say there's a focus on money. Yes, because I don't know about you. I associate with making money as being able to have the freedom to travel, which is very in alignment with, with things we love. But it's also just the idea of being able to do something like new and sporadic and fun and like that fuels us as well. Totally. And money is the reward, right? It's not like, because it's not a business if you're not making money. It's true. So when we think about in the context of business ideas, there would be compensation for that. Enneagram sevens tend to take quick action, which leaves little room for doubt um, which that's why it's confusing for me to have a six wing because my six wing is like, oh, let's sabotage that seven. And I think it's like a checks and balances for me. Um, but yeah, we often just aren't afraid to take risks and we're like, we'll figure it out. We'll just get into it. I know one example in business of that for me was like insurance and being an insurance provider, you know, four years ago when I started dabbling in it, I just did it. Like I just applied, I figured it out. And that's a real strength that sevens have just we just do it. We have a lot of grit. The example that comes to mind for me is I was like doing a little walk and talk with a eating disorder therapist friend, and she had made some comment of her and another clinician that I knew were talking and they were like, Morgan, we just like really like need a place to be held accountable. And that was on a Wednesday. And by Friday I was launching the accountability club and charging for it. <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely not afraid to take risks. That's how this podcast got started. It was literally us being like, I've always thought about podcasting, but I don't want to do it alone. Social Enneagram sevens right here. Yes. And we just went for it. And so, yeah, very little room for doubt. We definitely didn't get stuck in the, like, what if this fails? What if this isn't good? What if this isn't knowledge people want? We're just like, let's fucking do it. I have a neon sign in my apartment that says, screw it. Let's do it. That's like uh, my motto of life. Oh my God. That's like an Enneagram seven motto of life. Oh, we're getting it on a sweatshirt. Uh, <gasps> love that. <laughs> business idea. Business idea. New business idea. Enneagram merch. This is just a side note. So when we talk about the Enneagram and the things that we didn't get into today. So not only is there the nine numbers and then out of those nine numbers, different wings, there's also different subtypes. So there's a sexual subtype, social subtype and then self-preserving subtype of each of those numbers. And so we're not getting into all of that today, but Morgan is a social. I'm actually a sexual, which means Mm. I prefer like the one-on-one connection versus like in a crowd. Yeah. Like I always give the example of don't throw me a birthday party. Like I want to attend somebody else's birthday party, talk to everybody there, but I don't want to be the center of attention. Like do not ever do that to me. That might be my six wing. That's like, don't (laughs) throw me a birthday party. But it might also just be my sexual subtype versus social. What are your thoughts on being thrown a birthday party? Oh, I love it. 
I I love it. Like, get me a sash. Yell out in the bar that it's my birthday. I promise. I. It sounds very egotistical. I, I really. <laughs> I really don't mean it that way, but I'll, I'll reframe it this way. I hosted a conference on my birthday this year. No one knew it was my birthday until, except for like my close friends. No one knew it was my birthday until the very end. And my co-host Hannah told everyone and they sang me happy birthday. And I loved it. I felt so loved by my community in that moment. And so like, yes, I very much social love being up in front of people and making a fool of myself and talking. And, and that to me feels like the summary of bringing people together in community. I love that we're talking about this because even though we're the same Enneagram seven, we have a lot of differences. And one of the things when we talk about the hard parts of being an Enneagram, when we were starting this podcast, me knowing Enneagram sevens, I'm like, okay, we can start shit, but like, what if we don't follow through? And so I feel like we've done a really good job of overcoming that. And a lot of it is our differences in our personalities, as far as like, you're more organized and like, you really get shit done and you're very motivated by tasks. And I absorb some of that energy from you, which I love, but I feel like I'm a little bit more scattered and a little bit more cynical, I think. So yeah, there's just so many differences, even within the same number. Which we need in order for this to be successful. I think if we were the exact same Enneagram seven type, it wouldn't go well. Yeah, that's why I was worried. Nah, I, I could see I that. I feel like I've learned more from this about Enneagram too, of just like, oh yeah, we we have a lot of similarities and we also have a lot of differences. A lot of differences. Yeah. Yes. So as I mentioned in my three words, optimistic was number one. Being a seven and being optimistic go hand in hand. Optimism is a saving grace in business because I can get anxious, I can get overwhelmed, and it's very easy for me to be like, well, actually, this is a really good thing, or maybe I should look at it this way. And always seeing the good, that might be part of an eight wing as well, because I feel like with that six wing, you might get a little more of that cynicism, doubt. But as I mentioned, I'm a glass half full gal. This can also be a problem because whenever I'm around other people and I'm constantly looking on the bright side, they're like, Morgan, just let me be sad. And I was like, you're right. I'm sorry. Feel your feelings. But I, in terms of being an entrepreneur, love how easy it is to be optimistic. Totally. And I feel like optimism can go with like having faith in things of like, this is going to work out. If I do X, Y, and Z and I'm consistent, like there's no way this wouldn't work out. Mm -hmm. And some of it is just logic too. Um, But I'm with you in the optimism. I always say I have rose colored glasses, which is when things bite me in the ass um, of being so optimistic. And one example I can think of in my businesses is just hiring people. I have come out of an interview and been like, oh, that person was great. And then one of my supervisors was like, what? No, we are not hiring them. And part of that is just, I want to see the good in everybody. And like, I see potential, but sometimes it's my brain writing up stuff. You know, it's not actual reality. It's writing the best case scenario. Best case scenario. We love a best case scenario. Yeah. We love a positive reframe. So our worst fear as Enneagram sevens is being micromanaged. We want to be the boss. We don't want to be bossed around. And so that's like one of the perks of 
entrepreneurship and being an Enneagram seven is it goes so beautifully with our personalities. We're very self-driven, self-motivated. We don't need anybody to tell us what to do. Although sometimes like, like having a business coach is great accountability or having accountability groups, masterminds love that because it's a very equivocal dynamic versus you telling me what to do and me doing it. I will literally rebel until the day I die. When people tell me to do stuff, I will intentionally. And I think this is my six wing. I will not do shit. If somebody says it to me, like in a way that feels controlling. And that's probably just a trauma response to my childhood. So mm. I'm a rebel. Oh, I can. Yeah, I can really, I, I need people to make me think that it was my idea <laughs> in order for it to get done. But I agree. But so like with the accountability, I think there's a difference between being like boss employee versus like stuff like accountability, because with accountability groups, you're kind of all on the same playing mm-hmm. field. Another positive of being a seven and an entrepreneur is that we are multi-passionate human beings. We love having our hands in all of the cookie jars. We love everything. We love doing all of it at the same time, unefficiently. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what else to say except for just agreement with with that. We we get bored by just doing one thing and so we combat that by doing all of the things. Yep. And that's why we both have multiple businesses. Yeah. Which there's also a challenge with that which we'll get to, but mm-hmm. we describe ourselves as multi-passionate entrepreneurs and I will forever love that title. Me too. And the last thing, even though there's a bunch more, I'm sure, but one notable thing about a positive of being a seven is we are the ultimate visionaries. We can see big picture. We can see a lot of things that other people maybe can't imagine. And we are the drivers in business. And we are the drivers in creating ecosystems where people can work and get services and things. So we have a lot of that forward thinking of what this can look like in the future. And part of that's just having a really creative brain. I think that's also one of the top characteristics of doing more business coaching that we do. Um, so, you know, it's great to be visionary and forward thinking within our own businesses, but I think that's one of the, one of my favorite characteristics that I bring whenever I'm with and coaching other people. Absolutely. I agree with that. We can really paint the picture for what people can expect or what they can grow or what we see that they may not be able to see. And I love that part of us. Switching gears into the challenges of being a seven and an entrepreneur. Womp, womp. Womp, womp. We, I mean, you know, as much as we're optimistic, we do have to be realistic at times and know that there are quite a few challenges that we have to overcome knowing that this is our Enneagram type. The first one, as I alluded to with being multi-passionate is we get bored very quickly. Uh, and so, and kind of what you mentioned too, like we're really good at starting things and not so great at the follow through. And so how we have managed to overcome this is hiring people in our businesses to do more of the mundane tasks, uh, that help us feel not as stagnant. I don't want to do it if it's not fun. hundred percent. And just for perspective too, just because something's mundane to us doesn't mean that it's mundane to somebody else. Like when you have people in their role that they thrive in, like we, people love doing billing when they're good at it and they're very numbers driven and data driven and like, you know, have more of that one track mind. But I know for me, like answering emails is hard doing billing. I will never do that again. I mean, I, I can, and I will, and I jump in and I do training on it and I coach people on it, 
but it just doesn't make sense for me to spend that time in my own business doing it anymore, which is why I hire the experts to do it. Yeah. We don't have to do mundane tasks. We don't want to. It's boring. We hate being bored. We hate being bored. Can't sit still when we're bored or ever. Another thing that we struggle with as Enneagram sevens in our businesses is shiny object syndrome, which is when something's boring or we've done something for a while, we're ready for the next thing. Part of it is just thinking of business ideas all the time because that's what our brains do. They generate ideas. But it's also like seeing something, maybe somebody else is doing it and we can envision ourselves doing it too, or not wanting to deal with whatever's going on in our business. So we try to think of like what we could do instead. Shiny object syndrome, man. And I would say with shiny object syndrome comes that comparison trap. Yes. Of, oh, they're doing it. That sounds really fun. That's new and exciting. That's innovative. Why am I, why didn't I think of that? Why am I not doing that? You know what else goes with that? What? FOMO. Ooh, why do we not have FOMO written down somewhere? That is the core. That is the core of our existence. We want to be included. We want to do everything. We have a major fear of missing out. Do not exclude us from things, please. Please, please. (laughs) Major FOMO. One thing that's come up for me a lot, and I don't think there's a term. If you think of a term for this, let me know. Our generation, my New Year's generation, was raised in hustle culture. And one thing that I, as a like hustle culture dropout, I'm trying not to glorify hustle culture, but naturally because we're multi-passionate, because we enjoy doing everything we're doing, I feel like when I'm talking to people, they're like, oh my God, wow, you're so busy. And I, I'm, I used to love that. And now I'm starting to hate that because I never want being busy to be glorified. It does feel validating in some way because there is that multi-passionate having the hands in all the cookie jars type thing. But I feel like I've been catching myself following up with, wow, Morgan, you're so busy with yes. And I love everything I do. Whenever I stop loving it, I'll start saying no to it. And I work like 30 hours a week. It's not that I'm like cranking shit out five minutes before I go to bed. Like I am sleeping enough. I have boundaries. So there's pieces of it too. But I think as I'm starting to become aware of how problematic hustle culture is, I don't want that to get tied up with being a seven. Yeah. Or being busy. I think hustling and being busy can be different. And I'm with you. I was nodding my head the whole time and being like, Oh, I'm triggered because I, in some ways I love the hustle. I don't love the hustle of the idea of working 16 hour days and not having any time for yourself and burning out and over compensating on things in your life. But I, I love being busy. I love everything I do, even when I hate it, which I know is just stupid. Um, but I'm with you. And, and we have that energy. I always describe myself as like one of those monkeys with symbols. Like I can just go, go, go and like bang my symbols. And like, that's, what excites me. And like, when I read books, I ride my little Peloton bike and like keeping moving in that way sometimes is what helps ground me too, especially with having ADHD. And so, yeah, we love being busy. That's okay. We don't want to glorify it. If you don't love being busy or you like a slower pace, that's fine. Maybe we will hit that one day. Maybe when we're in a good place and we go to more of a five, Mm -hmm. but I feel content when we feel content, (laughs) I don't feel content very often sometimes. So Maybe we'll find it in Mexico City. 
Definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) But we will be busy there. We will be. We will be. And we'll make sure to enjoy being in a new place with new culture and really good food. Oh, I can't wait. Getting one of everything, which is also an Enneagram 7 thing. (laughs) One of everything. We'll share everything at the table. Yes. Another thing that's specifically related to managing employees or being the boss, even if you're in your own business as the boss and it's just you, is I don't want to be the boss sometimes. When things are hard or whenever it feels like a lot is going on, I want to run away. And like, someone fire me, please. (laughs) And like, I don't want to be the boss today. I say that probably once a week. I don't want to be the boss. I don't want to be the boss. None of that is true. I love being the boss. But whenever it feels like I'm too responsible for things or too much is weighing on me, I don't have balance, then I want to run away. Same. Can absolutely relate to that. I feel like my biggest trigger is freedom being taken from me. Very independent. I want to do things my way. I want to do it on my terms. And when that is threatened, which is normal, I get triggered. Nailed it. The the perceived disappearance of freedom, spontaneity, ability to just do things is so it's it's hard. It's hard to manage. The another challenge of being a seven and entrepreneur is not wanting to feel like you're being quote unquote, too much for someone. feel like with the energy we bring, with the passion, with the drive, there's times where I'll leave an event and I'm like, did I talk too much? Was I too, did I have too strong of a personality? Did I seem egotistical? Did I, what are other people thinking about me and my presence? Oof. I thought I was an Enneagram three for a little bit because of this, because this thought was really present and it's very image conscious, but I think it also comes with being a seven and having such a, I'm going to say loud presence when we're around people just naturally. I have to, I have to check myself. I, all my friends know this. Whenever I talk about things that I'm really excited about, my voice gets quite loud (laughs) And all of them know that if this happens when we're like at happy hour or at dinner, that they can be like, Morgan, bring it down a notch. You're talking Uh, too loudly. Man, they all have permission to call me out on it because I don't want to be the person screaming in the restaurant. Listen, I am that person. And I hate when people are like, bring it down. I'm like, no, you're threatening my freedom. If I want to be loud, I'm going to be loud. And now that you said that, I'm going to be fucking louder. And I'm going to say an inappropriate word and hope everybody hears it. Like, I just get that. That's rebellion for me. It's like, fuck that. Don't tell me what to do. That's my work, y'all. Work on that. Oh, I love that. I, yeah, (laughs) I wish, I wish I was that way, but I just like, I don't want to, I have a fear of embarrassing my friends from being so loud. See, I think it's my six wing that is like, Mm -hmm. fuck all that, you know? Yeah, so, I want to embarrass people sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm really nice. I promise. This one kind of goes back to the hard parts about being a boss. But I think in general, when you have your own business, the feeling of this all being on me can feel really trapping and again, affects that freedom piece. 
Another core part of our personality is being impulsive. And usually this is a good thing, but where this is not a good thing is whenever it comes to perhaps our spending habits on the business and wanting to just like throw money at things for like new experiences. Someone reached out to us on Instagram. I'm finding who it was. Katie reached out to us and shared about values driven spending or values based spending. And so definitely something I need to look into, but yeah, impulsivity can sometimes be a fault. Totally. And it can show up in money. It can show up in projects we take on. It can show up in saying yes, when actually we shouldn't have said yes. There's a lot of places because we just act. We're like, again, it's FOMO. It's being excited. It's wanting to be involved in everything. Like I know there's been points in my career where I've been on like four different boards and working like three different jobs. And I'm like, what am I doing? This is too much. And so I think that goes with the impulsivity, but yeah, spending can definitely be hard. I feel like a pretty balanced person with money, but I do have moments where I'm like, oh fuck, I like had takeout every day last week. And that was expensive. Probably not going to do that for a while, but I'm not going to like not have takeout. Yeah. So we have just a couple more things that we really have to look out for as being Enneagram sevens in our businesses is we have a hard time follow through following through. We can start shit all day and we do. And that follow through and closing the loop can be hard. I know specific for me, this shows up in whenever I have discovery calls with people, the joy that I get from connecting with them, planning out their project, being forward thinking, seeing what we can do together. I like have a high from it. It is so hard for me to type up a contract and send it over. It like, there's been times where it's been like days, usually not because I'm like, I need to like rely on this high of of working together with new people. But if I'm doing like repeat projects, for instance, the work that you and I are doing together, we talked about earlier this week and I have yet to send you anything official. And that doesn't mean it. Like, I'm still so excited for the project, but I just want to like get going on the project. I don't like, don't want to do the like mundane tasks of writing the contract. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And those things are important. And that's what I love about being an Enneagram seven and our openness is like, okay, this is something I can work on. Like, yes, it's not my natural state to follow through, but I can work on this. Like I will get the contract over and I will have a system in place and templates to make it as easy as possible for me. And it's not my favorite. Love a good template. Mm -hmm. I feel like we've been doing a really good job of challenging the follow through. Like I was saying earlier with doing this podcast, like we've been producing weekly episodes we're fairly organized, you more than me, but I'm trying. And so, yeah, we're just challenging it. You don't have to be stuck in whatever your Enneagram says about you or whatever you feel resonates. Challenge it. I will say though, I, and I feel like I can say this with quite a bit of confidence. If I was a solo podcast host, wouldn't this would not have happened. Like the 100%. only reason that this happened was because we have each other. Yes. Yes. That is so true. Part of it for me, I know is just having ADHD and it's like a body double. So there's accountability in us doing it together. And it's also more fun, right? Because yes, we is. like have good banter and we love talking about things and we're like, so high energy all the time. Woo, woo, woo. Yes. All the energy all the time. 
And the last thing that we'll talk about today, even though there's plenty more, but the last challenge we'll talk about today of being an Enneagram 7 is having what's called monkey mind. And this is just being scattered, being impulsive, having too many interests, and they all converge at the same time. Yes, it is definitely when we're getting flooded with different business ideas or thoughts, or we're like in the middle of working on someone's project. And then we're like, what about this? And we are just pulled in a lot of directions in our minds. We're in that thinking triad when we're thinking about the Enneagram. And so we are very much in our heads, thinking multiple things at once. And that's hard to stay focused and on tasks sometimes. I know for me. We hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. We know we love talking about being Enneagram sevens. Even if you're not a seven, we hope you enjoyed this too and got something out of it. Chances are you're probably going to work with an Enneagram seven at some point during your entrepreneurship career. What I would say as an action step from this episode, if you're not an Enneagram seven, since we just broke that down for you, um, all the other Enneagrams, take the test, get your number. And then we want to hear... What are your positives about your number that you feel really show up in your business? And then what is your work to really be mindful of? Also, if you are an Enneagram 7, let us know how this lands with you. And also tell us anything we missed. Please do. We would love to hear from all Enneagram types, how you're showing up as an entrepreneur and how your Enneagram type is impacting that. Thank you so much for listening to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. If you like what you hear, go ahead and hit subscribe. Our podcast can be found on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review, share with your business bestie, and check out our website at weightinclusiveinnovators.com. We'll see you next week. Bye.